SAFM. Primetime, all day long. Gift to the Givers announced the unconditional release of, is it, let's find out, let's find out the proper name with uh, Dr. Imtia Suleiman, founder of Gift to the Givers, joining us. Doctor, thanks very much for joining us. Is it Gerko uh, or Gerko van Dievinter? Gerko. Gerko. Okay, so let's yes. start at the beginning. Gift to the Givers announced the unconditional release of Gerko van Dievinter. He was taken... In Libya in 2017, he's moved around North Africa for all of that time. Uh, it's a it's a very long story, Dr. Imtia Suleiman. Where do we start? And can you can you can you give us a, a, a brief synopsis of how this happened? He went. Kharko went to look for work as a paramedic in Libya in 2017. On Friday, the third of November 2017, on his way to a, a building site. Him and the directors of the company he was, he was working for were captured. The directors, either their family or the company, paid for the release, and they were released quite soon after that. Mm-hmm. Nobody paid for Herco. He was just a new, a new employee, and you know, not a company director or, or from a rich family. So they took, took him, and soon after that, he was bought by Al-Qaeda in Mali, mm-hmm. moved across from Libya into Mali. That's when we got involved. The family came to us and said, can you help, because we've done this before. And we made contact, in, in the asking price at that time was 3 million US dollars. We brought it down to 500,000 US dollars. But of course, there was nobody to pay. The family couldn't afford it. There was no benefactor. The company was not interested in paying, and we don't pay ransom. We only facilitate the link you know, between the families and the, the, the captors. So nothing could happen. We couldn't move forward. And then came COVID, and everything died up till 2022. In January this year, the intermediaries we got good relationship with said, why don't you guys try again? You know, quite a few hostages have been released since COVID. So we said, but there's no money. What's the point? And they said, just try. So we, we thought of creative ways. Ramadan month came. We said, it's a month of fasting. Tell the guys, you got no, it's, your heart should be softened now. You're praying, you're fasting. Release the guy. There was in Pelican Park, people stood up at placards. Different faith groups got together at fast breaking time. Videos were made. Release leaders gave videos, gave letters. Nothing happened. Came the month of pilgrimage, last this year, nothing happened. Three significant things happened in the last few months. When the Morocco earthquake struck, we offered our assistance. Of course, Morocco was not asking for international assistance, mm-hmm. so they said no. The captors sent a message to say, we appreciate what you want to do for Morocco, because many of them and the intermediaries have some linkage with Morocco. So we then tried to use that as an opportunity to say, why don't you release, you know, Kharko? Nothing happened. On the 16th of November, the chief intermediary, the guy responsible for the release, arranging the release of Stephen McGowan, sent us a message. And he said, I need all the videos that you made by the wife and the son, the ones that you put in public and the ones that you haven't put in public. I need them now. Mm-hmm. That's all one line. But what was significant that morning, the head of my office in Gaza was struck by Israeli occupation forces rocket and killed mm-hmm. after prayer. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But there was no discussion. Then on the 5th of uh, December, and this is the last one, we get a call from Mauritania. Now, we've never dealt with Mauritania. We don't even know the person who called us. He just said, I'm working on the release of Kherko for Jevinder, and, uh, and he called us, and that's all he said, end of story. And then suddenly on Saturday, around lunchtime, state security, our state security, calls me and says, the Algerian state security has called, Kherko is with them. Mm-hmm. We don't have any details. It's flown from somewhere in, in, in Algeria, from one part of the country to Algiers. He will be in the hospital. They're going to check him out. That's all we know. Then we cross-checked with the interviewers. I said, what is the story? 
They said, sorry, we're supposed to call you earlier. <laughs> yes, we did release him. Uh, we, did, we did release him unconditionally. Right. And they said, they said they gave an explanation. They said, you see, normally we release the people from Mali. But we couldn't do that because the Mali military is now at war with the Tuaregs. Mm. So we couldn't do that. I said, the call, reason why you got a call from Mauritania is we were trying to release him through Mauritania. But the Mauritania state security said they don't get involved in hostage negotiations and hostage issues. So they said no. And then finally, we went to Algeria because we've used that route before. And the Algerians said yes. And that's how we released him unconditionally to Algeria. Do you, have, you, have you managed to speak to Gerko? No, you can, we haven't spoke to him yet. You know, it's, it's, and he doesn't know me. It's not going to help. He doesn't know why, you know, because remember, hostage right. in captivity doesn't know yeah. who, the, who the people are on the outside. So we have to wait for him, and his first port of call would be his wife. So we'll wait for that to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know his condition, but it's probably not too, he's probably fine because every single video they've made right up till July this year, he looked in good condition from a physical point of view. I can't tell you from an emotional and a psychological point of view, but at some point, I'm sure when our government meets him, he will make that call to his wife. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's the obvious question, Dr. Intia Suleiman, is why a gift to the givers involved in this? It's, it's, a, it's reached a positive conclusion. Why were you involved right at the beginning? Because we've got history. You know, it started in 2013 when my team called me on the 27th of May to say, have you heard a South African couple has been taken hostage in Yemen? It was a Koki family. And he said, can we do something? I said, governments don't talk to terrorists. Nobody's going to talk to them. Yeah. Those two people are going to get left stranded. We have leverage. We have officers in Yemen. We, have, they, we know the government. We know the tribal leaders. We know the people. We know mm. the media. We've got projects all over. No harm. Let's try. And when we succeeded getting Yulani Koki out on the 10th of January, 2014 unconditionally again that was the first case we secured the release of Pierre Corky the same year 6 December 2014 unconditionally but the US Marines went in and there was a shootout and Luke Summers their hostage and Pierre Corky our hostage both died but we had achieved getting them out unconditionally so it's it's, those rela- it's, it's the relationships that you've built over the years in those communities and the experience and the experience right, right. Doctor, but it's specific to it's specific to Al Qaeda. We don't know. We haven't dealt with other groups. Yeah. Well, well done to you and and your team. I'm sure that have been looking at this for many many years. A good news story to finish off there. Kharka Fendiyafinta, freed by Al Qaeda. That was founder of Gift to the Givers, Doctor Imtiaz Suleiman.